You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody, this is Steven from uh, Cyber Time Bite here with episode 4, and I can't believe I've done 4 episodes of this already, it's pretty cool. But today I have one of the biggest guests I probably ever have as of right now on the show. He's a he's a pretty cool guy, you may know him. He he works for the WWE, he works for TNA, Impact Wrestling now, and currently is working for New Japan Pro Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling World, same thing, I guess. But but you you know him, you love him, and he's pretty cool. I'm here with Vance Archer, Lance Archer, Dallas, really known as Lance Hoyt. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. See that you you named off a couple of my names that I've used. Well, you well, you, you once used Lance Steele, also known. Yeah, that, that, that was my first one ever in wrestling. Is that, no, it's actually funny, um, and no joke, back in 2009, mm-hmm. in a video game, I actually made a username for my for my online name, and I actually used Luigi Steel. And this is before mm-hmm. I even know who the heck you were. <laughs> uh. And I thought that, I thought that was like really funny. <laughs> it's, but yeah, it's it's a popular name sometimes. I think the Steel part anyway. Yeah, I mean, but the uh, the thing no the. But the recap, the last time me and you talked before right now, that wasn't even in voice, it was just in text, was, uh, was like, what was it? It was a few years ago. Because I remember, mm-hmm. no, because I remember, I was texting you and you were on your tour bus, and I texted you on Twitter, and you were like, I was like, hey man, what's up? And I was like, oh, and you were like, oh, I'm just eating a can of peanut butter on my bus with a spoon. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, how about you use this? And you said, no, I can't because I'm on a tour bus with no running water, so that isn't an option. And I was like, that's funny. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, you remember when, I, remember when we talked about that? Uh, you know, unfortunately, if it was a couple years ago, probably not, man. And, and I've been on a lot of those tour buses. So, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times eating a lot of crazy things on those tour buses. Yeah. And then the other one, and then the other one I remember clearly was that uh, I was in high school. Uh-huh. And and I was talking about um and we were talking and you said that you and uh, Davy Boy needed a mouthpiece and I was like hey man like if you needed one to help and then you said we could use the mouthpiece I was like well I can't because I'm in high school and can't be traveling can't be traveling the world in high school yeah, plus you didn't speak Japanese so I'm sure that didn't help either I don't I don't know zero's Japanese. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. You don't realize it, but you do probably. You, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, you've never said sayonara. Oh yeah, I said sayonara before. See, there you go. You know a Japanese word, so you know more than zero. But yeah, I mean, I was I was looking at your Twitter, and I saw that you got one on Cyrus the virus. <laughs> yeah, he he likes to run for me when uh when I when I come out for my entrance because I'm uh, hydrating the people, as you might say. Hydrating more like spinning on them. <laughs> no, no, I say hydrating. So, what is the most craziest thing a fan has ever thrown at you? Because when you're a heel, you know that people will throw crap at you from left to right. What is the most craziest thing anyone's ever thrown at you? Um, yeah, I wrestled in Mexico one time, and they were throwing lemons and batteries at us. 
Um, and then one time in Dallas, Texas, many, many, many years ago, I was wrestling in, at a rock concert, um, and somebody decided to throw a whole beer in my face. Uh, and they didn't really hurt or anything, but it was kind of surprised me. It was an interesting moment in the wrestling match. That's crazy. Lemons and batteries. I have never heard of that. I've heard of, like, drinks and popcorn, obviously because of WCW. Right. But, like, I've never heard of lemons and batteries. That's the most interesting thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, luckily I didn't get hit by any of the batteries, and the lemons obviously were just lemons, so it wasn't a big deal. No, no, think of it. Think of it. They were, they were trying to charge you up. Yeah, something like that, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, like, when you're healed, they'll throw anything at you. But... Sometimes. So you started in, let's start from the beginning. So you started in Texas, obviously, because you're mm-hmm. a Texas boy. You started in Texas, and you worked the independent circuit from PCW, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep, you're correct. And you uh, you worked through there. You worked people like like uh, Brian Kendrick's um, tag team partner, Paul London. Mm-hmm. You worked Ahmed Johnson at yep. one point. That must have been an interesting match, because, you know, he was really big back in... The Attitude Era, early Attitude Era, new generation. Was how was it the work with uh, Ahmed Johnson? Was he was he pretty cool? Um, you know, when he came into PCW way back in the day, and I want to say that was probably around two thousand two, two thousand three, somewhere around there. Um, he was actually really good to work with because uh, you know PCW in the Dallas Fort Worth Texas area at the time was uh, a growing company. We had TV. Uh, we were running a weekly show. We ran big shows once every two to three months. So the product was really well done. And I think Ahmed saw, you know, the the good quality product that was produced by PCW. And I was one of the bigger guys that they had within the company. And so he wanted to work with me specifically. And um, we had a good, good feud going on because I had a, a crew of guys that was called the Dark Circle. I was the leader. My name back then was Shadow. Um, you know, so he was fighting us off and he was, you know, the consummate good guy and we were the most evil of bad guys at PCW and, you know, it was a good feud and a good time. You know, it was an honor to work with him knowing, you know, what he did during the Attitude Era and all that stuff. Yeah, that's a, that sounds really awesome. And so, and so you worked, when, I, I, now help me clear this up, how long were you on the independent circuit for? Uh, I mean... I've never really, other than my time in WWE, not worked on the independent circuit. But as far as before I signed with TNA, it was about four years. I started in the summer of 2000, uh, and then I got signed with TNA in March of 2004. Have you ever, um, have you ever worked with um, John Moxley, or also known as Dean Ambrose in the WWE, before he became Dean Ambrose? You know, when I was at TNA, a lot of the guys that you are seeing now within WWE and that are doing very well and being a success came through TNA at different times, you know, and this business is all about timing, uh, being in the right place at the right time. It's show business. So somebody else is making decisions on who needs to be what, when, how, and where. Um, and I know that he had come through TNA. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we met, I'm sure we shook hands and things of that nature while we were there. But, um, you know, I didn't have any matches with him. I didn't have any interaction with him when he was there. Yeah. Because, because he, because he, he was pretty good. I mean, I could see you two having a good match. I mean, because he's a crazy lunatic, and you're and you're a and you're a psycho. You're and you're gimmicks like a psycho, psycho killer. I guess like we can say. Yeah, that that's a good description of me now. Yeah, and so like it would be like a crazy lunatic versus like a crazy psycho killer, and that'd be like really really awesome. Uh, probably. So, so after you 
did your very successful run in the independent circuit. You signed with TNA. Mm-hmm. And and you were a spot. I mean, I never saw your TNA stuff because I only saw you when you hit WWE. But when you mm-hmm. were on TNA, from all the footage I've seen, you're one big spot monkey. <laughs> you're obviously following my Twitter. Well, I, I wasn't a spot monkey per se, but I, I definitely would say that I, I did some uh, more uh, athletic things back then. Uh, my style has been more defined now to just being more hardcore, more straightforward, more punch you in the mouth, more throw you up as high as I can. Whereas back then, you know, I was doing some more stuff. I still do the moonsault once in a while, but it has to mean something before I'll do it. Um, I haven't done the Van Terminator since my TNA days, so that's something that, not saying that I couldn't do, I just haven't done. It has the right match, the right situation, hasn't presented itself for that. Um, the planches, you know, once in a very blue moon, if it calls for it, you know, I'm a bad guy. I don't need to do all that cool stuff. I just need to punch you in the mouth and make you bleed. Yeah, because, 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 um, you, I see you, because you, you work as a, you're a good worker as a heel because like, because you, you have the, you have like the, you have the face and the hair, like you look like a natural heel and, and you, you punch one, you punch like one and you act like one and it's. It's 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 really it's really good stuff, man. Thank you, man. It works for me. Yeah. So so like, have have you ever like like you said the Van Terminator? So like, have you ever been like, have you ever have you ever like um, faced Rob Van Dam and like did the Van Terminator on him and then like and like he done back? Nope. Uh, only three people have actually ever taken it. Uh, excuse me. Two people have only actually taken it, and one of those that took it two different times was abyss at tna um and then i did it one time before that uh, at the pcw show that we were just talking about a moment ago in texas um so a guy named uh, is a good friend of mine his name is cj but back then he was called jeremy sage he'd gone to Shawn michaels wrestling academy so he's actually a really good wrestler really good worker um and we had really good feuds going on back in our pcw days and then like i said when i was in tna doing some more crazy things like that um uh, abyss and i had a couple big matches the the first time i did it was sacrifice 2005 abyss and i had a singles match and then the the spot happened again and kind of a gauntlet match i don't remember exactly the year when it happened uh but you know again it was both times at tna against abyss do you um do you have a what's your favorite time in tna um you know, I had a really fun run. I wouldn't say it was the most successful run, but it was a fun run because I had, had three different names while I was at TNA. I was Dallas uh, when I started working with Kid Cash, tag team, and, you know, we were the tag team champions for a little while there. And, um, you know, and then the Hoytomania days, Lance Hoyt, uh, kind of the middle part of my time in TNA. And then when I finished up, I was in a tag team called the Rock and Rave Infection with Jimmy Rave and Christy Hemme that a lot of people who were watching back in the day still remember to this day, anytime I'm on a show, if they see a picture, they kind of put two and two together. They always bring up the rock and rave infection. So like I said, it wasn't the most successful run at TNA, but I, I didn't have a lot of fun. But I guess my favorite time, just because I was you know, a singles guy and it was kind of organically grown with the fan base that was there at the Impact Zone in Orlando, was my Hortomania days. Yeah, that, yeah, I got to check that stuff out. You got to send you gotta send it to me, or I gotta look it up on YouTube because it, sound, it actually sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I think Impact has actually has kind of their own wrestling network or something uh, that you can actually look up a lot of the older stuff on now. Do, 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 Do does that now? They have their Dota Do, 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 Do network. 
Well, WWE, I know, I'm just saying, Impact has kind of their own internet version. It's not the full thing like the network, I don't know. But you'll have to look it up for yourself. But it's it's something similar. I'll check it out, definitely. So so after, um, after you did TNA, you signed with uh, the WWE and you competed in FCW. And you, uh-huh. and you, did, you did that stuff. How, how was that like and who were some uh, faces that you enjoyed working with down there? Um, I mean, you know, FCW was a true developmental system back in the day, not what NXT is now, because NXT has such a big platform. FCW was, you know, its own program. It existed underneath the WWE umbrella. We were under WWE contracts, uh, but we were kind of obscure to the wrestling fan base, the WWE fan base, unless you were really a hardcore fan, lived in Florida, or really searched for us on, on you know local television. You didn't know who any of us were until we showed up on their television program. And, you know, there was several guys that, you know, Sheamus was down there, Drew McIntyre was down there, um, Heath Slater was down there at that time. Uh, he's got kids. Yes, he, he's got a couple kids, doesn't he? You know, and so there were a bunch of guys down there at the time that, you know, uh, when I was down there uh, at FCW before I got called up to their ECW product. Yeah, it was it was um it was funny when Seamus came in his his name was Seamus of Shanty. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I mean, do you got do you, do you got to work with Seamus when he was a FCW talent? Um, when I arrived, he was already on the road. Uh, we did work a few times on some of the FCW TV stuff, but uh, he was very quickly put on TV and uh, on his way to becoming you know obviously what he's become at this point within the WWE system. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, so yeah. So you worked FCW and you worked down there, and then you finally, mm-hmm. and then you finally get called up to where I finally figured out about you was the ECW brand. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: as you may know, Dota E's ECW was wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. But what, were you a fan of the original ECW, like the like the real ECW that everyone loves? Um, you know, it was. I knew of ECW. I didn't have it on my television program, so I really didn't get to watch it, and I wasn't searching it out to really follow what ECW and the history of ECW was prior to being a part of the company and and having access to it. So I didn't know, and I wasn't a fan of what ECW was just because I never got to watch it. Um, ECW that I was a part of, even though people kind of had a bad taste in their mouth because it was the WWE ECW version, um, it's, it's more or less the precursor to what NXT is now, you know, because ECW was its own show. It had, in a sense, its own superstars. We had our own hour. Uh, we had our own storylines and stuff like that, whereas, you know, NXT kind of has that for itself now. NXT has its own storylines. It has its own, you know, hour of TV, and they do their own pay-per-views and stuff like that to take over things. Um, so ECW was kind of the precursor to what NXT is now. I mean, like, was there was there a lot of guys backstage at ECW that came up from the FCW from from the FCW product, and they're like, and they're thinking about putting them on television, but then they were like, they're like, no, well, we're not ready for you to be on television yet. Well, you, st- we'll keep you, we'll keep you down at FCW to work up your tender, and then we'll bring you back up here to the to the ro- to the main roster. Um, well, when I joined ECW was about four and four and a half months prior to them shutting ECW down and starting the original NXT, uh, you know, before NXT is what it is today. So I only saw, you know, the handful of guys that came up, you know, myself, Trent Beretta, Kaylin Croft, uh, guys like that. 
uh, Tyler Rex, uh, Yoshitatsu, guys like that that were on the ECW product back then. You know, we'd all come through the FCW product. Um, and then, like I said, about four, four and a half months to after my debut on ECW is when they decided to go in the original NXT version where it was kind of like a game show, yeah, like because, a reality. Yeah, because I remember on ECW when you debuted, you were you were like you were like on a winning streak and all that stuff, and then your former and then your uh, your former uh, Kess partner Shelton Benjamin gave you your first loss. My my former what partner? Um, Shelton Benjamin. But what did you call him? You're from Before. Kess. From your Kess? Camp. What is Kess? The Killer Elite Squad. Uh, well, we don't call it Kess, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's called. It's just K-E-S, Killer Elite Squad, and he was actually a part of uh, the bigger group that we are. We're all a part of, or we all are a part of. It's called Suzuki Goon. Uh, K-E-S is just Smith and I. Just he and I are the only two in the Killer Elite Squad. Yeah, it's because oh yeah, I I didn't know that actually. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, but I remember he um he gave you a first loss, and was that your first rivalry? Was it with you and Shelton? Yeah, in ECW. Like I said, it was a very short time in ECW. Um, you know, I was on kind of a roll when I first started there, and got to work with guys like Tommy Dreamer and Goldust and so on like that. And then uh, Shelton was, like I said, my first kind of feud that led to really the second to last show that you know they ever produced the ECW product, where we had our blow off of our feud. Um, so it was my first and only feud there, really. Because I'm sorry, I'm just such a I'm such a ECW guy, like the, mm-hmm. the original one. I love it so much. I'm, I'm you know. And no, I understand. I don't know why WWE didn't decide to move you and Shelton's rivalry at the time to the whatever brand you guys were going to be put on because, like, right. SmackDown because it would have been had to vein up because Shonen was like, Shonen was like, really, he's really like athletic and you're really, you're really like a brawler and it, it would have been a, it would have been a really cool rivalry if you guys could have kept it going on like SmackDown or Raw or something on the main platform like that. I agree. That's all I can say. So yeah, so you work ECW, it closes down, and then the then the original NXT starts up. Now remind me if I'm right, were you on the on NXT when it start on the on the original NXT when it was starting to, you know, not no. be a competition anymore? No. Oh, you weren't. Oh no, I'm thinking about uh, Hawkins and Rex. I think that's what I'm talking about. Because you turned you teamed up with Kurt Hawkins. Yes, when I moved over to SmackDown, team uh, Kurt Hawkins and I teamed for probably. About a year or so. Because oh, I got confused because it was Hawkins and Rex on NXT, and you were him on SmackDown. The yeah, I, I don't think Hawkins or Rex were on NXT. Yeah. I, I okay. Regardless, I'm not going to argue about it. But. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. yeah. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, but yeah, that tender was uh, that tender was uh, really was really good in ECW. Then you go to SmackDown, mm-hmm. and you um. You have a good you have a good run there, and you how how long were you on a how long were you on SmackDown or on the, the brands before WWE was like like you know you you were like go um about a year a year yep I mean but but you like but but like it it felt so weird because like you were like clean shaven and then you grew your beard and then you started uh-huh. then you started to be like a legit like a uh, legit badass and then uh-huh. and then they just let you go. And then we It's it's WWE man, it's not a place that always makes sense. I know. I think if I remember correctly, your last match in WWE 
I think was on an episode of Superstars, and you were reversing Luke Gallows, I think? Yep, that was it. And that was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and funny enough, you guys worked together in New Japan because he worked it because he was work he teamed up with uh, Carl Anderson and he was mm-hmm. in the Bullet Club. But like, yeah, so you get released from WWE and, and that mm-hmm. and that really sucked. But then you went and then after that you went back on the indie circuit and then signed with New Japan, right? Yeah, pretty quick after. I mean, uh, I, I got released. Um, well, my last match with WWE was in. November of 2010, and my contract expired in 2011, and then I signed on with New Japan in 2011. That summer of 2011. It was it, your 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 release from WWE wasn't the typical Vince McMahon firing segment on television, was it? <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again. It it wasn't it wasn't like Vince McMahon came up to you and went like and did the thing he does on television where he's like, "You're fired." No, I I did not have that. I just simply got a phone call. Yeah, I wouldn't think it's like that. I feel like he only does it on television. It's yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so you go to Japan, and then you mm-hmm. have huge success. I mean, like you 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 start the Killer Elite Squad. You you uh, you're traveling around Japan. You you're in Ring of Honor. You're in. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy, man. How much do you think you improved from like when you started in Japan? to how you are right now like do you think do you think that you like do you think like you proved so greatly that like the stuff at the beginning of your japan stuff you're like you're like well i mean that stuff was pretty good but i don't think it's good enough to be put into my current moves that i'm doing right now which is like a higher upgrade of what i did yeah i mean i've always pushed myself to get better each and every time that i've stepped out into the ring and with every different company that i've been a part of and all the different people that i've gotten a chance to work with uh, but my time in Japan has definitely been the best part of my career. I've advanced the most and had the most support from the company in comparison, I think, to any of my other times uh, within the business as far as bigger companies are concerned. Um, so, yeah, it's been the best time of my career um, and every year that I've been a part of and had a chance to work with the best wrestling uh, talent that is in the business today, you know, I've done nothing but get better. And I think that's the only thing you can do. Anybody that's had the opportunity to stick around as long as that I, as long as I have uh, in Japan, uh, like I said, because of the guys and the caliber of talent that you're working with, there's nothing you can do but get better. And I'm very lucky and blessed to have had these opportunities uh, working in all the different companies that I've had a chance to work with. But Japan has by far been my best time. Mm-hmm. They, they, so t- tell me if this is true or not. They, they say my people that tell me say that that when you when you work in when you work for New Japan, like you gotta actually know how to like wrestle wrestle, unlike in unlike in the Dota E. Is that true? I'm sorry to say that again. It's saying no. They they say my there's people that tell me off the streets are like hardcore wrestling fans like I am. Mm-hmm. Who say like when you work for New Japan, like you actually gotta know like, like you gotta actually know your crap, like you know like you actually gotta know know what the heck you're doing. Unlike in you know the WWE where they they, they script everything out and they and they put it, and they put it out and like as like a as a performance as we can say. Um, I mean you you definitely have to be on top of your game. Uh, I think to wrestle anywhere, obviously WWE business-wise is the biggest business biggest company in the world uh most of the talent they have especially today are talent that could wrestle with anybody in this business new japan wwe 
any independent that you can think of that you like and the wrestling stars that you can follow. Most of the guys that you're watching today, the Seth Rollins, the Kevin Owens, the Daniel Bryans, you know, all these names, the AJ Styles, obviously, and, you know, his pedigree and what he's done from from his TNA days to what he did in Japan to what he's doing right now in, in, in WWE, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, guys like that, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, who were, you know, one of the best tag teams to come out of Japan. Um, so to say that they can't or couldn't i think is a little silly because most of them either have or could absolutely um and as for myself working with new japan yeah i would like to believe that you know the reason i've had the opportunity to wrestle with new japan uh for the last seven years uh is because i've been able to keep up to say the least with some of the best talent in the world and so yeah you have to be on your game for sure but to say that we're any better wrestlers than the, the guys that exist in WWE right now, I think is a little silly simply for the fact that they have some of the most amazing talent in the world, just like we do. We're just on different products produced in a different way. I mean, like, I, I never said that. I mean, I, I always thought, like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you work. I mean, like, you know, you, like, you gotta be, you gotta be on the top of your game every, anywhere you are. I mean, like, I never, right. I never considered the New Japan guys better than the WWE guys. Right. But, like, but, like, man, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure you worked AJ Styles like a couple times in Japan. I mean, I, I mean, working with AJ Styles has to be had had to be phenomenal. Now, pun intended. Yeah, no, I, I worked with AJ several times in uh, New Japan, including a, a G1 Climax back in I want to say 2014 or 15, and it's it's on YouTube right now. You can look it up. Uh, and I worked with him back in TNA uh, a bunch of different times. So I've I've known AJ many many years and seeing just how good he is from his tna stuff to what he was doing in japan to what he's doing now in wwe and i'm i'm happy and proud of him for what he's done and doing yeah i mean like i mean like i i, I a match i would really love to see is you and mcintyre you and mcintyre can 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 burn a house down man if you if you guys were able to get in a ring together and like you guys i think you guys would kill it if you and you mcintyre got in a ring I agree, man. I, I was hoping that would have happened before he went back to WWE. And uh, I mean, you never say never in this business. But uh, I'm again another guy that, you know, behind the scenes was a very good person to me. Always treated me with a ton of respect, and so I have nothing but respect for uh, McIntyre. And I, I hope that he truly finds the success that he deserves because he's busted his ass to get there. Yeah, because because you know, there's always the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't keep your, uh, I wouldn't hold your breath waiting for me to be in the Royal Rumble, but uh, you know, you never know. Yeah, like like you said, never say never. Yep. I mean, but like, but like, did did you see the uh, the greatest Royal Rumble this past this uh, past two months ago when when they did the whole tie slide thing? Do you thought that was funny? Um, as far as the tightest situation. Yeah, do you think that Titus thing was funny, or do you think like, well, that seemed like a work? No, I, I'm, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's funny. I'm glad that you know he was able to find humor in it. Uh, um, the people that know him, I think uh, it's you know because the people he, he is friends with, I think they have every right to kind of give him a hard time about it. I think he was very lucky. Um, the speed he was going and the way he fell under that ring. If he'd have hit the uh, crossbar that comes down. 
you know, tragedy could have truly happened uh, in Saudi Arabia, something that could have been really bad. Luckily, he didn't get hurt. Luckily, he missed that. Luckily, he just went straight under the ring. And luckily, it was just kind of a misstep and a, and a, a funny meme that a lot of people chose to post on. Like I said, between him and his friends and, you know, the way he took light to it, I think it served it perfectly. Um, I, I did not feel like the people who did not know him needed to say anything about it, but that was just my opinion. Um, and I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, that's really, that, that, that's a really cool opinion. So, like, so, like, um, so, since you team, it must be, it, it, so when you and Davey Boy Jr. got together and you started the Killer Elite Squad, was it, uh, was it like a thing where it's like, where it's like, um, well, I don't know at first, maybe this could work out, and then, like, you guys had, like, one or two matches, like, okay, this clicks. Um, you know, I'd already been with New Japan for about a year. Smith uh, came in in September of 2012. I was informed by the office that, you know, they were going to have him and I start tagging. Um, he and I both were guys that, you know, e- you know, even though he's he did a lot bigger and better things while he was in the WWE, obviously tag team champion with Tyson Kidd and stuff like that. Um, I think he was still trying to prove himself in the wrestling business. You know, he, he, his father was the British Bulldog, and now he's trying to make his own name. Me, myself, you know, I was in a position where I was still trying to prove myself in the wrestling business. And here came an opportunity where they were putting he and I together as a tag team. And I think we both worked very hard to make the team successful so that we were both seen as successes both in New Japan and the world of professional wrestling. And, you know, I've been there since 2011. You know, Japanese wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling has been around for nearly 50 years. So in Japan, you know, it's always been a big deal. It's just in the last couple of years with the advancements with New Japan World, um, the expansion that New Japan is doing by coming into the U.S. market and going into the U.K. market and, you know, branching out and doing more outside of Japan that, their product has now started to be seen as more of a worldly product, and there's a lot more people watching it. Like I said, we've been there since 2000, and me 2011, Smith 2012, the team together since 2012. Um, we're three-time IWGP Tag Team Champions. We're two-time uh, Pro Wrestling Noah Tag Team Champions, which if you don't know, that's another company in Japan, Pro Wrestling Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also the two-time NWA World Tag Team Champions. So, you know, we've, we've had a, a pretty strong history as a tag team. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, like I said, we both saw a chance to be successful by making the team a success. And, you know, we've had a really, really good run, and there's probably still more to come. And, you know, we're hoping for opportunities to prove each other, prove ourselves worthy as, as singles wrestlers as well. But, you know, Killer Elite Squad KES is still going strong, um, and, you know, we don't plan on slowing down anytime soon. Have um, have you ever thought of, um, of uh, have you guys working Dragon Gate, Dragon Gate Japan? Uh, unless unless New Japan is, is booking us with Dragon Gate, we don't get to work with Dragon. Yeah, because 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 I know because um, I know Dragon Gate's also I think also up there. I think it is. Um, Dragon Gate is there. It's not that you know. In, in, as far as Japanese wrestling is concerned, New Japan Pro Wrestling is the WWE of Jap- Japanese wrestling. And as far as the world of professional wrestling is concerned, New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. Is the second largest company in the world. They, I, I heard, um, 
I mean, like, I, I don't want to get in that whole. T- I don't want to get in this whole tangent, but but I'm just gonna say, and I, that's what I heard. That suppose that I heard that that the WWE in New Japan. No, they, I heard that the jo- that New Japan Pro Wrestling can be like the perfect storm mixture of of competition that that WWE can have, just as like the Monday Night Wars when Nitro was still around, and they can they basically they're saying like. New Japan could be the nitro of the WWE these days if they really wanted to, but I'm not going to say. And anything. and they are working towards that. That's why you see the expansion of with the New Japan World. Uh, we're on Access TV in the U.S. They're running shows that are, like I said, starting in California and with the idea of branching out across the entire U.S. New Japan is on an upswing as far as world product. Um, and so, yeah, they absolutely can truly be competition to WWE. Obviously, those days of the old Monday Night Wars with Raw and Nitro is something that can never exist again because of DVR and things like that. But the digital age is changing everything in the way that, like I said, the New Japan World and WWE Network kind of battle each other out. Um, and just the popularity and the availability of wrestling around the world for fans. We're, now, speaking of Nitro... Um since you started wrestling in 2000, did you mm-hmm. were you actually one of those guys that were like that showed up on like Nitro Thunder or WCW Saturday Night and you and you were like squashing to like the bigger talent? No. Oh no. Because because I know AJ AJ Styles did that um, for a little while and then he actually became like a little little bit of a staple before the company closed. So I didn't know right. they did the same. I just start. I started training in 2000. I wasn't actually wrestling. Wrestling in 2000. And it would have been funny too if you were training back then to be in the to be in that same shot that John Cena made back in the WCW movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh boy! But like, but like, um, did did you when you were growing up? Were you like one of those kids that were like? This is what I'm going to do when I grow up. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. I have all this pro wrestling stuff. I have action figures. I have trading cards. I watch Bolt Products every Monday. Were you like that kid? Um, no, not necessarily. I actually wanted to play football. I was I played football in high school. I played football a little bit in college, uh, and that was where my focus was. Um, and it wasn't until I stopped playing football in college that I started focusing or thinking about being a professional wrestler. I, I was a fan of professional wrestling. I didn't start watching it till about 94, 95, and I was only watching WCW and Nitro, and so I was a big WCW fan. Sting was probably the reason I started watching wrestling. Um, and, you know, when I got out of football, I was still wanting to do something athletically inclined. I worked in a nightclub in Austin, Texas, and the owner of the nightclub actually introduced me to a guy that had opened up a wrestling school in Austin, Texas. And I went out and did a tryout at the wrestling school in Austin, Texas, called the Southwest Wrestling Federation. Um, uh, it was one of the more painful things that I'd ever done because I didn't know anything about the wrestling industry as far as how physically, uh, demanding it was, um. But the guy that owned the place made it financially affordable to me. You know, I was a poor college kid, but he made it, you know, where he, he, I could afford it and I could try it and I could do it. And, um, you know, as they say sometimes, the rest is history. I started training about three times a week. Uh, it was me and one other guy and <coughs> my trainer. <coughs> and we just went in there and beat each other up and figured out the business. And then I started traveling around the independent scene in Texas with a lot of kids that actually went to Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and they started teaching me kind of the ins and outs of the business and, you know, how it was actually run and done. And 
the the ideas behind you know how a match actually happened and you know then like i said my time with tna started in 2004 and stayed there for about five years did my time with wwe for about two years and then signed on with new japan in 2011 until now and you know that's kind of the history of where i started where i've been what i'm doing and you know i only plan to try to keep going and keep getting better and and ride this wave of popularity that is new japan pro wrestling into the future yeah because i because in our match that'd be really cool it's you and uh you and daniel bryan because he's a white meat squeaky baby face and you're a mm-hmm. big old heel and mm-hmm. he, he also did uh sean michael's school and no he didn't i thought he did nope I don't know, then. but but anyway, YouTube YouTube would be YouTube would be amazing because like he he can he can come in and do all that. You you guys can work a good match too if you if you're into that. I agree as well. And another thing, another thing is that um, when how were you, no how were you, were you really excited when Sting made his comeback? Because I know Sting was your boy, and he's the guy who inspired you to be a, a wrestler. So when he came <clears> back <throat> and did the WrestleMania thing, was he, was he like, was he like, um, were you like, oh heck yeah, Sting's here. He's gonna, he's gonna be at WrestleMania, and he's gonna. You know, um, after ha- being lucky enough to work with Sting in TNA. Uh, getting to know him a little bit and understand, you know, the person that that is Steve Borden more so than just the the character that is Sting. Um, you know, they are. They, a lot of times they say, "Don't meet your heroes because your heroes would disappoint you." And he never disappointed. You know, like I said, he was always a good person. He always offered advice. He always helped me out in in different situations. Um, and so when he showed up in WWE and and had his opportunity to wrestle at WrestleMania and things like that, you know, I was really happy for him for the person more so than just the character and the fan. I mean, obviously the fan was excited and I enjoyed watching Sting at WrestleMania, but, uh, you know, getting to know the person behind the scenes, I was happy for him and that he had that moment. He got that moment, you know, because pretty much every other big-name wrestler in the business had had their moment at WrestleMania and he was one of the few that had just held out and never had that moment. So I was happy that he got that opportunity, wrestled at WrestleMania, ultimately got inducted into the hall of fame and here in dallas texas and you know i'm very happy for him in in all aspects obviously he's had a successful career and he doesn't need my adulation but you know becoming a little bit of a friend with him um i was very happy to see him add that to the chapter of his business yeah because because i'm i'm also a big wcw guy i mean like i liked wcw and ecw they were all great companies in my eyes and so, like, I'm right on, I'm right up there with that WCW fan. So, speaking of WCW, not only do you like Sting, but did you like um, DDP? Yeah, I like DDP. Yeah did did you ever were you ever did you ever want to try his yoga? Because I hear his yoga does wonders for pro wrestlers. Um, I have uh, a set of his DVDs here at the house. Uh, I haven't used them as of yet. Um, I need to because uh, a lot of people, including guys like AJ Styles and many guys from the past, uh, exclaim just how good it is for them and what it does for them and how it helps them on a physical level. So it's something that I need to get into, but I haven't as of yet. But I, I know how helpful it can be for a lot of different people in different ways. So um, have do you, when... When you were a WCW fan, when it was like still um, airing on television, were you were you ever like, I want to be on Nitro? 
But but you obviously didn't get there in time, so you weren't on Nitro. <laughs> yeah, of course, as a fan. I mean, no, I mean, like, what was the? I mean, what was the, like the like the funniest moment like in your career that was like uh, that made you like go like, <laughs> all right, you got me there. Um, I don't know, man. I've had a lot of them. I've, I've been in this business coming up on eighteen years, so I've had a lot of. Interesting moments, good ones, bad ones, crazy ones, funny ones, you know. So uh, I can't really nail that down as to, oh, well, this one time. Well, I mean, I can, I can, I can probably, like, uh, what was it? Like, it, it was kind of, I find it kind of funny when before in Dota, when you, before you had the facial hair, it was kind of, you kind of look like, you kind of look like, like, like one of those guys that we're talking about earlier that were squashing the people. But then when you grew the facial hair, it was like, it, like, I mean, not saying that you were a total badass before you grew the facial hair, which you totally were, but like, but then when you grew the facial hair, you're like, you're like, yep, I'm Vance Archer, I got this. Right. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, but, but like, but you had, a, but you had such a great career, man. I mean, like, you started off strong. I mean, I haven't seen any of like your independent stuff, like from the two thousands or that stuff. But like, but. You had such an interesting career, man, and I and I only hope that that you get to do more awesome, interesting stuff for like Ring of Honor and in New Japan and and speaking oh, speaking of New Japan, by the way, and Ring of Honor, <clears throat> are you all in? I'm sorry, say that again. Are you all in? Uh, I'm I'm happy for what they're producing because it only means good things for the business. As of right now. Uh, I'm not going to be a part of that, but you never know what happens in the wrestling business. Who who's your dream opponent? Who's the guy that's like I'm gonna be in the ring with this guy? Um, whoever the champion of whatever company I'm a part of, that's the guy that I want to be a part of. You know, be in a match with. You know, I don't really look at guys. I don't have like a list. I don't have guys that I'm going. Oh, I, I have to wrestle this guy. You know, there's guys that I think I can have good matches with uh, that meet all different criteria. But me personally, you know, I'm, I'm looking at who, who's the champion, you know, and if I'm in the tag team with Smith, then I'm looking at who are the champions. You know, if we're looking at uh, the Young Bucks, who are now the IWGP tag team champions, well, that's who I want to fight. Uh, if it's a single situation and, and it's one of the titles, I'm, I'm starting from the top. I want to fight Kenny Omega. I want to fight... Uh, Chris Jericho, because he's now the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, I want to fight uh, Mike Elgin, because he's the Never Champion, you know. Like I said, so I'm looking at who's on top, because that's where I want to be, and that's who I want to fight. Do you, do you think, does the Never stand for something, or is, is that just the name of the title? Um, never basically means there's never limitations. You know, it was basically started at, uh, when they originally had that, that title created, it was a title that... Uh, different guys from different companies from all different weight classes fought for the title. So there was never kind of a limitation on, you know, whether it was a cruiserweight, whether it was a heavyweight, whether it was from New Japan, whether it was from somewhere outside of New Japan. Uh, since then, the, the title has just predominantly stayed within New Japan. But the idea behind it is that there's never limitations. That's why it's called the Never title. There, there, was, a, there was a tweet I saw on Twitter that, that, that somebody that I know tweeted saying, like, if Braun Strowman worked the Indies, people would there would be people ask would, there would be people who would who would be asking to take bumps for him. Would you? I mean, would you? Would you? There'd be people. There are people. People asking me to do what? No, people would be asking. Would be asking like, oh, can I take a bump from Braun Strowman? I have no idea, man. 
I mean, would would you want would you want to would you would you want to work Strowman or even Brock Lesnar if you had the chance? Absolutely. I mean, Brock Lesnar, man. I mean, he Suplex City, man. I mean, that's a lot of suplexes. I mean, I know. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, that when the time comes, I would love to see it because I know that because I, I know how you how you how you worked your career up today. I'm pretty sure you can you. You could take that universal championship off him if you really wanted to, but like, no, abs- absolutely. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not with that company right now. So, I mean, uh, speaking of the WWE, is uh, NXT on your radar? Is NXT what? Is NXT on your radar of uh, of companies of, that you want to join one day? That'd be like part of it, one takeover or whatever, if you like. Uh, you know, when you ask questions like that, basically, man. I, I'm in the business of being in the best position and the best place I can be at any given time. And if if NXT and w, if WWE comes a call and if Hunter come, Triple H calls me and says, "Hey, we need you at NXT," and I'm in a situation that I can be there and it's the best for my business as far as moving forward, then you never know, and that's where I'll go. But as of right now, uh, I'm doing very well in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm very happy in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I'm not really looking to go anywhere else. Like I said, it's just a point of. What is the best for business? But what is best for my business? And you know, if and when that opportunity comes, and it is best for my business, then that's what I'll do. But as of right now, I'm very happy with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. So can so can you explain like that thing I saw on your Twitter of you and your handprints on that scroll? Like, what is, what is that? Sure. Um, basically, uh, Smith and I have. Uh, a website that's predominantly out of Japan, but we do ship internationally. It's called KillerEliteSquad.com, um, and that's just one of the new pieces of uh, goods, merchandise that the fans can go on KillerEliteSquad.com and purchase. Um, and it's basically like a Japanese scroll that you see in, in different Japanese cultural things, uh, where you pull it down and it, it's a hanging scroll, so you can hang it on your wall, and it's kind of a vertical scroll. Um, and one of the handprints is mine, and one of the handprints is a Smith. It, it is it. I saw in the tweet that like if you like touch if you if you like touch the handprint, it's like it's supposed to like rejuvenate or something. Or so, there's hey man, it. If, if you if, if you want to feel our power, that's what you got to do. You got you got you got to feel the power, brother. Yep. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> but was, was Hogan someone that you liked growing up? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to see Hogan as one of the guys that's, uh, you know, before the Rocks, before the Stone Colds, before the John Cena's, before the Undertaker's, you know, before any of those guys, there was Hulk Hogan. He was kind of, in in a sense, in a modern-esque era, because he was a part of the Monday Night Wars and all that stuff as one of the hottest names in this business. You know, he, he kind of transcends from that old generation uh into the that that newish generation back in the then you know early to late 90s and even the early 2000s um you know and he's kind of the one that transitioned a lot of those guys in the attitude era to becoming what they were so hogan you know i, I know that he's been in a lot of hot water uh, in the media as of late but as far as the business of professional wrestling is concerned he's still one of the biggest icons to ever step in the ring because i because i, cause I I think he did New Japan one time, I believe. Like, way back, way, way back, I think he did. I think he did some Japan stuff with, uh, mm-hmm. with, um, with some names I don't, I can't recall right now, but... I'm not sure. I know he wrestled it. He wrestled for New Japan, though. 
I know, but I know someone who really wrestled for New Japan. He and he and he did some really brutal stuff, and that was Mick Foley and 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 Terry Funk, man, in that in that death match, man. Yeah. But how did you do? You ever see that match? And what do you thought about that match? Uh, I didn't see those. There, I, you, you gotta watch it, man. I I mean, like, if you're into hardcore wrestling, are you? In, which you are, because you're. That's part of your gimmick, I think. And so, like, no, I'm I'm not I'm not into hardcore wrestling, like crazy stilly bumps. I'm not into, you know, the thumbtacks and all that stuff. I I mean, I I respect the guys that have done it because they've made names. Obviously, Mick Foley's one of the biggest names in the business of professional wrestling, uh, and he made a name doing those kind of things. But that was never that's never something that I've ever done. My my character is very aggressive and very crazy in those senses, but I'm not uh, a hardcore wrestler. I don't use light tubes. I don't bump into thumbtacks a lot. I don't do any of that crazy stuff, you know. Just just be glad, then, that you joined Dota E's ECW, not the original ECW, because Paul, Paul Heyman would probably be making you make bumps like that. <laughs> Only if Paul Heyman was paying me. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, unfortunately, I apologize. I have to get going. Um, I appreciate yeah. you having me on your show today, though. Yeah, yeah. So, real, real quickly, do you wanna, um, you wanna shout out your your social medias and all that stuff? Sure, man. Um, I, I, like I said, I thank you very much for having me on your show today. No um, if guys and girls want to reach out and try to make connections and hit me up on Twitter, uh, it's at Lance Hoyt. Uh, Facebook is a public and open page, Lance Hoyt, or they can look up my uh, fan page, which is the American Psycho, Lance Hoyt. Um, and Instagram is Lance underscore Hoyt, um, and those are my three main uh, social media avenues that I use. Um, like I said, they're all open and public. If you want to send me a message, shoot me a message, and as long as it's not something silly, I'll probably answer you back. If, if you want to find me, you can find me at, uh, at CyberTimeBite on Facebook, Nostalgia Vamp on Twitter, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for being on the show, and I, I really, I really hope that uh, we we cross paths at some time. Thank you, man. I hope you have a good day. Okay. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.